Thanks for listening to the Dearest Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Signs, and this is episode 98. Hello and welcome, Dearest Doula community. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is a doula, childbirth educator, henna artist, and Reiki master, currently serving clients in the greater Austin area. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Crystal Trammell. Hi, Crystal. How are you today? Hi. How's it going? Oh, great. Thank you so much. So, Crystal, I've given our listeners just a really brief overview. Why don't you take a minute to tell us a little more about yourself? Um, well, um, first and foremost, I'm a mama of five kids. My oldest is 16 and my youngest is four. So that's kind of taken up a large part of my adult life. Um, um, I've, I've kind of always just had a passion about birth work. Um, even, you know, I had my first child when I was very young and, all I knew was that I wanted to be like left alone as much as possible um, to birth how I wanted. And from that, um, it really grew into, you know, a passion and a career and things. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And um, something before we dive into your origin story in today's birth worker feature, something I really like to challenge all of my guests to is to share the short and sweet of what it is that you do. Now, as a new doula, I know this is something I struggled with an awful lot, was just trying to explain what a doula mm-hmm. is to my friends and family and the random person that I'm chatting with at the park. So, Crystal, let's say you're at the park and you're chatting with an expectant mom and it comes up that you're a doula and she doesn't know what that means. How would you explain that in around 10 seconds or less? Um, I would say I provide emotional, informational, and physical support to birthing moms, um, both during pregnancy and during their labor. So, and I think the informational kind of bleeds over into childbirth education as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very good idea to make sure you've got like your 10 second elevator pitch down. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. And you certainly do. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sure. So next we're kind of moving into what I like to call the origin story. And um, this is really just where you share with us the story of how you became inspired to do what you do as a birth worker. So if you wouldn't mind taking us back to that moment in time and also touching on what you were doing prior to becoming a birth worker um, and any special uh, special circumstances or transitions you had to take into consideration to make that possible, I know we'd love to hear that. Oh, gosh. Well, um, before... I mean, like I said, I was, I had my first baby young. I was 18. Um, I had him in a birth center and I think I was the youngest client that that birth center had, (laughs) um, throughout their time of being open. Um, but I had my first two children relatively, you know, it was straightforward, relatively uneventful. Like I had, you know, pretty good births. So I was like, well, yeah, that's just the way to do it, whatever. But I wasn't really like an activist about it. Um, during my third pregnancy, um, my life was basically in utter upheaval in all possible ways that you can imagine. And I really felt called to unassisted childbirth. And so I prepared myself for an unassisted birth as best I could. In hindsight, I was not fully addressing things that needed to be addressed. Um, so I made it to 43 weeks with that pregnancy, I finally went to the hospital at a very, you know, very late in the game uh, during labor, got treated very badly and had a very traumatic birth, even though it was natural, like the same as my other two. Um, It was completely, utterly different. And it took me like years to heal from that. So that was really the, the thing, even though it was like this, you know, horribly sad trauma. Um, I'm actually really grateful for that experience because it catapulted me into the world of like, oh, this is why people are activists. I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of bittersweet there, but um, that's really kind of what, you know, ended up with me going, oh gosh, I have to help people. And so my next two babies were home births. Um, (laughs) my, My fourth one was with midwives. Wives and my fifth one, I finally got to birth unassisted, and it was beautiful, magical, transcendent. I can't explain it properly with words. Um, it was such an amazing experience. While I don't think that's for everyone, um, in me, it was very healing, and it really kind of solidified 
that I want to help people, you know, to, to know that they don't have to fear um, giving birth. They don't have to fear their body. They don't have to fear their, their care provider or anything. Um, and so that's really kind of after, after the birth of my last baby, um, I felt compelled to teach childbirth education. I literally had a curriculum fully formed pour out of my brain and I wrote it <laughs> and, uh, just started teaching it, dived in, you know, <laughs> with both feet. So awesome. I've been refining that, uh, that curriculum and it's, it's a massive body of work that I continue to refine, but yeah, that's kind of, it just, you know, when you have this thing that just pours out of you fully formed and you can't help it, that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> so. Wow, that's awesome. It, it sounds like there's a lot of passion in what you do and that's so great to hear. Definitely. <laughs> so, so we're hearing that, you know, you, you really decided to move forward with things once you had your fifth baby. And so you have five little ones at home. How do you yes. make birth work possible with, with so many mouths to feed and people running around your house? How, how did that, how exactly did that transition work for you? Um, in a word, carefully. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we've always kind of had, um, an, a non-conventional, um, you know, I guess roles in our family. Like so, when I was, you know, pregnant and birthing, my husband would work. And, um, when I wasn't, I would work. <laughs> and, um, so we've, we've, uh, over the years, we've gotten very, very good at living frugally and kind of, you know, prioritizing, um, I don't know, really kind of emotional, relational goals over financial. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, after my last baby, um, my, I had, uh, you know, I was looking for some kind of full-time work and, um, I had people coming out of the woodwork saying, please attend my birth, be my doula. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> and I ended up just getting, you know, so so many requests for this that I was like, all right, I, all right, universe, I hear you. I will go and do this, even though I'm scared. <laughs> um, and so, you know, at first it was it was along the lines of like, my gosh, who can I get to, you know, watch my kids when my husband's at work and things mm -hmm. like that. And then we quickly realized, like, it's not like one kid babysitting. It's like, have a pile of children. It's, <laughs> it's too many. <laughs> Um, but now, well, and so we transitioned away from, you know, my husband just, um, ended up saying, okay, well, we'll, we'll string it together. We'll, I'll do some side projects that don't require me to be out of the house. Um, well, and so he was able to, you know, kind of cut back on hourly work for a bit. Um, but we quickly realized I would need to go to more births than maybe I was, physically capable of doing sure. <laughs> in order to pay the bills. I think that a lot of um, solo practicing doulas run into that. Um, and at the time, I had a friend of mine who was a part of this thing called a collective. And I was like, that sounds weird. I don't know. How do you connect <laughs> with your clients properly? Like, what do you mean you only meet them when you go to that? Like, how does that work? Um, so I was really skeptical. But she was like, no, no, no. Like, this is awesome. It's totally changed my outlook. Like, come to a meeting, see how it is. So very skeptical me went to a meeting uh, with the ATX Doulas Collective. And I was really impressed. Um, all these ladies seem to be really committed and really um, you know, passionate about birth work. And it made me kind of realize like on a deeper spiritual perspective, it doesn't really matter, you know, like it doesn't really matter if you have this like depth of relationship beforehand or not, because in the heat of the moment of birth, you, you want somebody who's caring and intuitive and nurturing and that you know, that comes through, whether it's, you know, when you look in the eyes of somebody in there with that panicked, wild eyed labor land look, and you can come in and just be like, hey, I got this. I've been there. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. Like that bond happens super fast. And um, so, yeah, joining the collective um, ATX Doulas really has uh, completely changed my outlook on birth work. Um, both in terms of my experience level, because, you know, you go to more births. Mm -hmm. So, and also in terms of 
the sanity of my quality of life because you're not on call 24-7. You're on call one to two days a week. So the other days, if you really need to have a day where you don't have your phone near you, you can do that. And as, as somebody who I really, really believe in you know, radical self-care, and really it's not radical, <laughs> you've got to be able to do that. Sure. So, oh. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I've got to say, um, we have had one previous guest on the show who is also a part of ATX Doulas, and that was Megan B. And I'll try to find which show notes uh, or which episode she was in and make sure to refer to that in our show notes page. But um, this is really the first time that I've gotten to learn about what that collective model is like. And that's pretty mm-hmm. fascinating. When when I heard it before, I just thought it was kind of synonymous with agency. I, I didn't really think there was a real difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's a pretty fascinating fascinating layout that you guys or setup you guys have going on there and it certainly sounds like that's really been what's helped you and your family to stay afloat and keep you able to follow your passion with birth work and everything so so that's awesome I'm so glad that you found something in your community that works for you guys yeah exactly I mean it's basically supported us um you know, for the better part of the last two years as like our, our primary income. So, I mean, that's saying something. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Friends um, live non-traditionally, but <laughs> yeah. And so on top of that, I know that, uh, you know, Crystal and I were able to connect uh, in one of the Facebook groups. I posted asking for testimonies from birth workers who are also homeschooling because a large percentage of our listeners are homeschooling parents who are interested in birth work and just aren't quite sure how to make that work so if we you wouldn't mind I'd love to have you take a moment and also focus on that dynamic and how you're able to juggle that with being a birth worker too okay well you know the funny thing is um, I really think it makes it easier rather than harder because yeah I don't know I've we've always homeschooled for except for you know a couple of brief stints where I had to put my my children in public school just logistically, mm-hmm. um, we've always homeschooled and I've always been you know mystified. More power to all you mamas that can you know make it to the bus stop. On time. <laughs> <laughs> like that to me that seems way harder. I guess um, it's all the same. But um, but we unschool and there's a lot, you know, a lot of people don't really know what that means. A lot of people think it sounds like, uh, you know, the easy route. Really, I think it's harder because um, unschooling takes more time and more attention and more um, giving of yourself to your children. However, it's also a lot more flexible because you know, we might not be, you know, having a power struggle over, you know, doing I don't know, Latin homework or something, but instead I might have to, you know, create the space in my life to, you know, talk to my children about like, hey, how are you feeling about this? You know, maybe you, maybe there's a book that you want to read or maybe there's something you're struggling with. Like, can we sit down and talk about this? Um, So we're really kind of cooperatively designing their educational experience and that can fit in anywhere that can fit in at the grocery store that can fit in when we're in the car listening to audiobooks that can fit in you know they come with me to pick up a placenta for encapsulation and we talk the whole drive like mm-hmm. there's there's um, education is everywhere and human beings learn and I think that letting go of a lot of the dogma involved with traditional homeschooling as in chalkboard in the living room type of homeschooling, I think that's going to serve you well in the long run and serve your children well in the long run as well. (laughs) Awesome. So I guess um, something I think our listeners would like to hear, and I know I'm curious of, is maybe just laying out uh, a a scenario that you could walk us through. So let's say you are on one of your two days of being on call and you get that call. Um, What what Mm -hmm. normally happens or what what do you do when you do have your your kids at home and you you know you need to be somewhere? I know you said your oldest is, I think, 14 or 16? He's 16 now, 16. so admittedly, that's much, much easier because, of course, I can just kind of prep him for, you know, honey, I'm on call tonight, and, you know, all births happen at night. Pretty much if I'm yeah. there, if I'm home by morning, or if I'm home still in the morning, then we can pretty much progress with the day as, as expected. But, um, 
our call shift starts at 10 p.m. So okay. they know mama's going to bed a little earlier than normal and uh, we all need to be in bed <laughs> so I can get some good sleep. Um, but yeah, even before that, um, you know, like I said, my husband has, you know, had the flexibility to do some non-traditional jobs and right now he is the stay-at-home farmer, as I like to call him. So, you know, we're building a permaculture farm and so he's very passionate about that and he gets to do that, you know, at home planting trees and digging ditches and things like that. And, um, the kids really can, you know, be around and help with that, um, so yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm getting called in, it's basically just like, oh, okay, guys, you know, mama's heading out, and I'll just give everybody a quick hug and a kiss. And I know that my husband, together with my oldest child, will hold down the fort, which is really really nice. Yeah, that sounds really that sounds awesome. So cool. Well, I'm so glad that we got to take a moment to touch on that, and um, I think that kind of moves us really well just over on into the next. Uh, segment here for the show. And so we know that being birth workers, things aren't always sunshine and daisies, just like any other line of work, we're going to have our ups and downs. And so I really do like to take time to focus on a moment of struggle that you might have faced as a birth worker so that we can give our listeners that dose of reality. Now, this might have been specifically as a doula or a childbirth educator. This may have been as a birth Mm -hmm. professional overall, trying to manage the business side of things, or this may have even been a time where, you know, the pressure and and the kind of spontaneity of birth work bled into your personal life. <laughs> Whatever that struggle was, um, no, we'd, love, <laughs> we'd love to have you uh, just share it with us. And then really importantly at the end, just if you wouldn't also mind sharing how you were able to use that struggle to your advantage now, I think that'd be great to hear. Okay. Um, well, I let me preface this by saying I am a bit of an introvert in terms of like I do like to have a lot of alone time when you know haha with five kids nobody has that right so so I have to guard the bits that I have you know kind of carefully they're dear to me Um, (laughs) well and so with a collective model even though our call shifts are you know 24 hours we stay with the client the whole time like unless you know very extreme crazy circumstances like you end up you know getting sick during the birth or something crazy happens you stay however long it takes so if it's a four four hour birth or a 40 hour birth you stay you know because that's just that's just good continuity of care for your client that's like of course so sometimes um you know you have these quick birth center births that are just, you know, really beautiful and fluid and easy. And it's like, yay. Um, So other times, uh, maybe it's, you know, an induction or maybe it's maybe it's a birth center transfer. Um, Sometimes birth doesn't quite go that smooth. And mom does need, you know, sometimes emotional support can start before physical support really gets going. So uh, what I'm getting at is a couple of births I had, it was kind of I think they were like one month and then the next month I had like a 56 hour birth. And then the next time, uh, what I was hoping to be, you know, it's, it's the all, all signs pointed to that it was going to go, you know, relatively smooth and easy. It ended up being an induction over four solid days. Wow. Now I could have, um, in normal circumstances, I could have called in backup. However, the one person that was available for, for backup for this mama was out of town. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to power through. I'm going to sleep in my car when I can. I'm going to, you know, eat the snacks in my birth bag. But, I mean, there's only so far that things like power bars can take you before you're just, like, emotionally broken down. Sure. <laughs> and um, so I was really – I think it took me – you know, it was my own, it was my own weird, uh, variation of trauma. Um, because I felt like, you know, at the end of one of those births, I really felt like, wow, you know, I'm so glad I stayed because clearly the mom like so benefited from me being here. And it was such a beautiful ending. Um, but the other one, there wasn't quite that same, uh, gratification in terms of like, you know, oh, yay, she's glad I'm here and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. of course, it's, you know, with birth work, it challenges your ego, man. You have to take your ego out of the equation. (laughs) 
And so I had a lot of my own inner processing after that one of like, wow, that was like half a week out of my life. And like, I don't even know if she cared that I was there, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had to like really do a lot of like processing after that in terms of like, it's not about me, (laughs) (laughs) not my birth, not my birth, you know? And it's one of those things like, sometimes you don't get that definitive um, answer or that feedback of like, yeah, you're doing a good job, doula, because sometimes (laughs) you're just not going to get that and you have to be okay with that. (laughs) So um, yeah, definitely going through a lot of like just belief work and um, I'm big into all kinds of, you know, kind of all those things, like different techniques you can use to kind of like get at the root of your beliefs and clear unhelpful ones. So I definitely had some unhelpful beliefs going on in there in terms of like, if I don't see proof that mama is appreciative that I'm there, maybe I didn't make a difference. And I had to clear that and be like, nope, I I know that even if I don't have that overt confirmation, I still was a, doing a good job. I did my very best. It is what it is. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That that's a really unique struggle. Like, um, I mean, not that it's unique, because I'm sure that's something that a lot of birth workers has faced. It's just unique in the sense it's the first time somebody's really honed in on that in this segment (laughs) of the show. And I'm so glad that you did, because I I think it's incredibly relevant and something that a lot of us face at different moments. So I, I guess the like the bigger point there is that there are just so many different dynamics that come into play as to why we may feel valued or not with these different clients and walking out of these different births and um and it is so important i'm so glad to hear that you do take that time to work through your beliefs and whether it's affirmations or just taking that time to reflect on things that you're not letting it damage your ego and you're kind of you're taking your ego out of the equation but also recognizing that you do need to have some sort of validation and reflection on that experience before you move forward. Um, Because if not, you know, I feel like that can definitely lead to, to burnout and to, you know, just more of a jaded view (laughs) on these births. So, yeah, I think really the key is um, people tend to look for, look to others for validation of like what they're doing or what they're, you know, what they're worth. And I really think that, um, being able to separate yourself from the client, even in terms of just, you know, emotional feedback, like even though maybe they feel like, you know, this and this and this, or maybe they're just generally displeased with your birth, like repeat it as a mantra. It's not about me. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it helps too to have a group of doulas to process with. That's honestly one of the most invaluable things about the collective. Second only to not being on call constantly is you've got this great group of ladies to really process because we talk of every we have two business meetings a month and we're able to talk with each other you know round table style sometimes with a bottle of wine and just really like I felt so you know insert emotion whatever like we're able to process together as a group that's really 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 helpful um I don't think I could go back to solo doula work, um, even if it wasn't on call 24-7, because to leave that kind of support behind is just not an option anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing that experience with us. And now I'd like to move into sort of the flip side of that. And that's really Mm -hmm. where we have you share with us what I like to call a movie moment. But more simply put, that's just a time as a birth worker where you realize this is why I do what I do. I was meant to be right here, right now. If you could take us through that, we'd love to hear it. Oh my gosh. Um, Let's see. Well, there was this one mama that I supported and um, she specifically wanted to work with me and we were able to make that happen. Um, she was very much like me in turn, like I could really relate with her. So, you know, sometimes that's always almost a bad thing to be able to relate so much and identify so much with your client. Um, Cause everything that she wanted was everything that I wanted. She was like super into natural birth and she wanted like, you know, the, a mother blessing and henna and Reiki and all these things. Um, super, you know, natural flow attitude to everything she wanted to do. So she ended up with uh, some complications and as I am driving into what I thought would be like a slow moving induction, 
I'm about halfway there and I get the call from her, you know, kind of almost angry. She's just got this tone of like irritation and she's just like, this and this and this is happening. They're prepping me for cesarean. And I'm like, okay, all right. So in my car while I'm driving there, um, I start just kind of channeling good vibe energy. Um, I'm, I start doing Reiki, um, you know, distance Reiki for her. Um, and I've gotten to the point where I can like do it through the steering wheel and channel it to mom. (laughs) Sounds crazy, but it works. Um, and I ended up just being called to like repeat these, these mantras of, of like, you know, just kind of concepts of like safety, power, um, you know, kindness, peacefulness. And I just, I started saying them out loud and channeling all these good thoughts toward her. And I wasn't sure I was going to even make it at this point. Um, But I just, the stars aligned. I had a string of green lights all the way. I get to her room and I was able to rub her feet and calm her down. And it turned out that you know, this and this and this, and it it was still a cesarean, but it wasn't quite as emergent as they thought it would be. And I was able to really kind of, you know, I really felt like I was able to help her to bring the, you know, dial it down emotionally to where she was like, all right, so this is totally not what I expected. Um, but I guess all things considered, it's okay. And, um, you know, and I even, I worked with her, um, via email after the birth and, you know, gave her a lot of processing tools in terms of like letting go of, you know, the, the beliefs that you had so that she could feel a sense of acceptance, a sense of power. And, um, you know, I mean, cesarean mamas are brave. They will do anything to have their baby be born safely. And there is a form of like integrity around that. That's, you know, it's just, it's just as powerful. It's just different you know? And so, um, that was really, that was very intensely emotional. And especially because, you know, looking at all things up to that phone call, it was like, oh yeah, this is going to be one of those like hippy dippy patchouli scented home birth type. And it was not that. (laughs) So, you know, so she had to, uh, she had to process all that and I had to kind of, you know, not let my emotions get to me and be like, oh, that could have been me. Like, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I really, you know, I'm, I still, um, keep in touch with her here and there. And I, I would like to think that I, you know, played a role in helping her to heal from all that, even though it wasn't what she expected. It was okay. You know, cause that's Mm -hmm. what we all want ultimately is to just be at peace with things, however they unfold. Exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that experience with us. I know that it things can be difficult, you know, when you do strongly identify with a client like that. Sometimes you can over-identify, right? Or it's kind of hard to, to <laughs> make those boundaries. Yes. But especially when you hear them go through or when you learn that they're going to go through an unexpected birth outcome and then trying to further distance yourself from that experience, um, but remain a, a form of support for them. It sounds like you handled that really well. And so <laughs> I'm just really glad that we were able to to learn from your experience. So thank you so much. Of course. Um, well, before we move into the nitty gritty segment, we're going to pause to get a quick word in from our sponsors. All right. Do you want to build a doula business that supports you as well as your clients? If you love being a doula with all of your heart, yet struggle to find clients to grow a thriving business, Babo Mia's Don't Doula Yourself business trainings and memberships are here to guide you every step of the way. Whether you want trainings on social media, goal setting, marketing, or more, they have trainings that you are going to absolutely love. So visit them at training.babomia.com and click on the pay-per-view tab for a complete list of trainings, including a pretty amazing and free business prep school video series. You can also use the code DEAREST to get 50% off any of the pay-per-view videos or monthly membership. Again, that website was training.babomia.com and Babomia is spelled B-E-B-O-M-I-A. 
Are you a doula or childbirth professional who wants to deliver the best experience to your clients? Do you also want to make sure you're being smart about the best ways to run your business? If so, then consider joining Your Birth Experience. Their training and curriculum is used nationwide by childbirth professionals who learn how to connect with clients, identify their needs, and equip them for their own unique experience. Participants of Your Birth Experience will also learn valuable branding, sales, marketing, and pricing strategies. They empower you with confidence by combating myths with facts, using simple and effective training techniques, and by getting you the tools and resources you need to make informed decisions. Learn more about their step-by-step training process at yourbirthexperience.com and use the code DEAREESTDOULA for 10% off your purchase. All right, Crystal. So what would you say is your biggest strength as a birth worker? Hmm. Well, I think that I have, um, I think over the years I have developed, it doesn't come naturally, um, <laughs> a lot of empathy, but not necessarily in the, the mothering type of sense. Um, I know that sounds funny that I have five children, but um, <laughs> Some doulas are really just, you know, motherly or grandmotherly. I don't feel like I have that so much, but I feel that I can, like, put myself in anybody's perspective and kind of understand and hold that space for them and be like, yep, I get that. I can understand how you feel that way. Even if it's something that's, like, a 180 from how I personally would take it, I'm able to, like, shapeshift into that. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that also ends up being my biggest weakness because um, I can, you know, morph into whatever my clients need me to be so well that sometimes I might need more recovery time mm-hmm. afterwards to kind of reconnect with myself and reground myself after going to a birth, um, you know, because I do tend to just go so deeply into this is what they need and this is who they are and this is how they feel. Um, that, yeah, it might take me longer to recover emotionally than physically. I don't know if that's typical, <laughs> but that's, that's how it is for me. Sure, sure. No problem. Well, you, you uh, knocked out two birds with one stone in that answer, so we'll move right along. Um, what is one thing that has you inspired right now? Oh, my. Well, I really think that we are in a fantastic time in terms of um, just women's rights and awareness about, you know, our, our options for birth. I mean, look at this. We're on a podcast talking <laughs> about birth work. That's, a, that's amazing. This wasn't a thing even five years ago or something. Um, you know, right after I had my baby, that curriculum poured out of my head and onto paper because there was a void, you know, and... There's so many amazing things now. Like, for instance, Doula Trainings International has sprung up. Like, that's such an impressive program. Um, I tell people I would have trained through them if they had existed when I was getting my training. (laughs) Um, Because I looked around for a long time um, to even find a training that I felt like fit with my personal beliefs. Um, Like, I couldn't necessarily, uh, I didn't feel right about certifying with an organization that, for instance, was against unassisted birth because I'm an unassisted birther. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and so I really kind of had to look long and long and hard. But now it's like we're in this amazing place. And I'm just I'm blown away by people coming out of the woodwork with clever things like, you know, pregnancy coloring books and mm-hmm. pregnancy meditations and all kinds of clever, you know, products and courses and everything. And it's just, it's really a beautiful time to be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Sure is. I tell you, I'm eight months right now and it's just ah, been a ton of fun, just, like getting to do all the things. I do feel like there's certainly a lot more things that I get to enjoy this time around than I did absolutely. with my son, which is almost nine years ago. So yeah. It's a different world. It, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even more so like with my first, it's just, you know, it's like a night and day, the resources that have sprung up and it's, it's amazing. And congratulations, by the oh, way. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, all right. What is one personal habit that keeps you on your A game? Oh, boy. This is going to sound funny, but it's really, really basic stuff. I think that um, as much as we like to like, you know, we're constantly looking to level up and like come up with these new clever ideas. Um, 
I, for one, tend to be uh, somebody who forgets how to take care of herself. <laughs> so, <laughs> basic things like, hmm, have I eaten food today? Was it real food? Did I actually sleep enough? Uh, did I shower? Did I actually, you know, get dressed properly? <laughs> <laughs> the Keeping it back to basics because I'm sorry, maybe it's just me, but those things are the first to go if I'm like zoned in on some project I'm doing and then I go, oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't drink water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, no, that, that, that's what works I've got for like you. reminders in my phone, you know. Drink like, water. Drink, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> otherwise I'll forget. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, what is one internet resource like Kelly Mom that you swear by? Oh, boy. Well, obviously the evidence-based birth website, which, you know, yet another thing that didn't exist <laughs> even, you know, a few short years ago. Um, that's obviously a go-to. Um, I send my clients there. Um, there, and then for me, um, there's something called uh, the Shining Academy, which I'm a member of, and it's like a life and biz mastermind with like I don't know about five thousand other women worldwide. This has changed my life in so many ways. Um, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me like feeling good about what I do. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, one of those other ways to, like, connect with other women that are trying to do this whole, you know, make money doing what you love thing. Exactly. And it's And it's really invaluable. Awesome. I love that shout out. I'm also a member of the Shining Academy. I think Leonie yes. Dawson is just a goddess and she makes me feel like a goddess every time I open up one of her emails or go through diff her different courses. So, um, Dearest Doula Academy, I am a Shining Academy or yeah, I think it's called Shining Academy mm -hmm. affiliate. So we'll make yep. sure to put links in the show notes pages, highlighting a couple of their different courses. Like I know I'm in the yes. middle of the Business Goddess course. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I I write out my podcast calendar on her shining year calendar that she's that I printed out. So yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's such a great resource. So um, we'll make sure to put show notes. Yeah, definitely. And the tribe, you know, like the the online groups that that she has, like on the Facebook groups. I love reading through there and getting insights and inspirations. And I just I think it's a really yeah. cool resource. So totally I'm so is. glad you brought that up. Awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I I probably followed her for ten years, and I I was I remember hovering over the the button to click, you know, to pay because I felt like oh, this is so much money. I can't do this. And you know what? It's like the best money I ever spent, and I'll spend it every year. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, this is my first year. I'd been interested for a while, um, probably just the last two years, and I'd been hovering over it, like you said, and then my husband and I went through our yearly and our quarterly objectives, and this was my big goal was just to be able to Excellent. afford that. So we made it work, and so I'm well, so excited. It was well worth it, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Clearly it's working for you, so oh, thanks. on that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, so, Crystal, what is one book that you would recommend to the Dearest Doula community and why? Oh, my. Um, this is really hard because I'm a huge book nerd. I actually have entire um, Pinterest boards of books that I'm reading <laughs> every year. <laughs> um, so, in thinking about that, I really think that um, the one book that I needed to read that really kind of got me clear on what the heck I was doing and why was uh, Danielle Laporte's The Desire Map. The her, her book, I actually have the audio of it, and um, I just listen to it again and again um, because it really kind of helps to ground me in terms of, like, what am I doing? Because her big question is not – it's along the lines of goal work, but she says the point of goals is not to achieve the goals. The point of goals is to feel good. Mm -hmm. So she gets you specifically honing in on how do you want to feel – and then you think up goals that will help you accomplish those feelings. So it's kind of, an, you know, a different way of, of looking at it. I think so many of us have unconscious goals in terms of like, I should finish college or I should, you know, whatever. And so it's like you're shooting all over yourself. And <laughs> um, instead, you want to get clear on, I want to feel, you know, I want to feel physical vitality. I want to feel emotionally strong. I want to feel confident and, you know, helping other women or whatever. 
to get clear on how you want to feel in, and then come up with goals, tangible things that you can do to bring that into your reality. Awesome. So it's, it's a really great book. That sounds like a great book. And you said you have the audio book. Did you download that like through Audibles or any kind of special? Um, you know, I think Danielle had I think Danielle had a thing on her birthday where she gave away everything for like pay what you can. And she oh, just gave wow. away her whole package. So super generous lady right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Audible or wherever would be a great place to get it. Cool. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of audiobooks unless you live where everything is like a 15 minute stretch or shorter. And even if you do, audiobooks is a great way to make that time in the car count. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Thanks. So we'll see if we can get a link to that in our show notes page as well. Excellent. What is one item other than yourself that you'd consider your must have as a doula? Hmm. You know, Sometimes some births you end up pulling everything out of your bag and other births you don't even really open your bag. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I think the one go-to um, is to have some sort of hot heat source. Okay. Um, I actually have two different kinds because sometimes um, some moms really need uh, to have no break in the heat. In other words, if you've got a rice pack and you have to keep running to microwave it for two minutes every 20, mm -hmm. that's going to really disrupt their flow. So what I have, and I have, I have one of those because sometimes that's what's needed. And what is that in the form of like an electric blanket or? You know, I have, a, it's like a herbal pack. I can, um, I just got it off Amazon. It's an herbal pack with a belt on it. And if you extend the belt as big as it goes, it's like, it should fit pretty much every pregnant belly underneath. So, you know, then mom can effectively wear it while she's moving around, which is really nice. Okay. And then the thing that generates heat continuously, um, if you go to like the camping set or like Academy, they have these little um, hot hands things. Mm -hmm. um, one of my fellow ATX doulas gave me this hint. Um, they have different sizes. So you can get like XL ones that are maybe the size of your hand. Mm -hmm. And basically you just open these things up and in exposing them to air in about 15 minutes, they're warm and they stay warm for 10 hours. And they're, you know, they're disposable. Like they're, I've looked into what's in them. It's like a natural chemical reaction thing. So I'm not like, you know, polluting the earth with horrible things. And, um, <laughs> and they're really, they're really slim. So you can tuck them, for instance, at a hospital birth underneath the monitoring belts and it holds them in place really well. Or if you've got that rice pack, you can use that to hold those in place as well. Oh, that's and, awesome. And they have the smaller ones, too, that sometimes you can get really targeted heat. Say mom just wants it on her sacroiliacs, but not on her spine, you know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can really target it down a little bit. Um, that's really the thing that I end up using almost every birth is some form of heat. If I had to pick a second, it would be, you know, probably a distant second, but it would be essential oils. Sometimes just opening up a bottle of peppermint, peppermint oil and, you know, waving your hand around can help help keep nausea at bay or just kind of change the mood of the room. Sure. I don't ever use oils like putting them on mm -hmm. mom or on anything. Like you always want to use scent in a way that you could take it away. Right. Because it might be overwhelming or, <laughs> you know, oh, you always got to think of that possibility. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I loved those resources. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, our next question is a bit of a doozy, but I think you're going to nail it. Oh, so <laughs> let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Your food and shelter are, are taken care of and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? Oh my, $300. I mean, if food and shelter are taken care of, $300 is like a lot, actually. Like that's a lot to go on. Um, Speaking, I mean, I guess this is speaking from somebody who's always been pretty frugal, but um, my gosh, with $300, you can buy a domain name, you can buy some hosting, get yourself a website set up, you can buy some business cards, um, you know, you can create some flyers, maybe even get fancy and take them down to the FedEx and have them professionally printed, um, you know, or even just buy a personal printer, um, and then networking. Um Go meet the other birth workers, whether online or off. Um, find the find the groups, find the stores where like new moms hang out or uh, maternity shops. Um, 
you know, make those connections and be like, hey, what's up? I'm new in town. What do you offer? I would love to help promote you. Um, let's work together. Like, here's some of my business cards. I'll take some of yours. Um, because I think that a lot of people get really, really, really hung up in um, having like perfect stuff, like the perfect website, the perfect business cards, like the perfect, you know, whatever it is. Um, I really think that um, this is actually a concept I read about years ago um, on a personal development blog. Uh, it's called Ready, Fire, Aim. Hmm. Not ready, aim, fire, but ready, fire, aim. <laughs> In other words, just do it. And then you can a- you can re-aim, you know, you can adjust your aim accordingly, but just get something done. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a basic website is a thousand times better at converting clients than no website at all. (laughs) Um, Business cards that look really, you know, they look like the freebie ones that you get, like with the free offer on Vistaprint. They're going to be loads better at having somebody know your number or your website than, you know, not having a card to hand somebody. So ready, fire, aim. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. Thank you. Now, whether it comes to business building, attracting clients, or marketing your brand, what are some strategies that you've implemented that you feel have helped to elevate your business? Mm. Well, I think that um, having having free stuff to give away, like not loads of it, but you know, something that you can give away that really kind of showcases who you are, what you do, um, can help. Uh, potential clients really kind of get to know your flavor um, before kind of investing. And so you could do that with something like a free giveaway on your website or um, even just posting like, hey, I made this like awesome three page PDF of like 10 tips to have a fantastic birth um, or whatever. And then also going to local events like volunteering. For instance, um, in Austin, we have um, the Central Texas Doula Association, which is just kind of a loose group of like all doulas that want to, you know, pay to belong to the members, to the group. They have a listing. And so it's just, you know, they're still solo doulas, but it's just kind of a a marketing tool, right? Sure, every, sure. every six months, they do this thing called Doula Share, where it's just like a free event where parents can come and there are doulas that, you know, you can sign up to be on the list of like teaching a free class or something. And people go, oh, gosh, a free class. Like, why would I do that? Well, because you're connecting with people and you're you're showing them up front, like, this is the value that you would be getting if you hire me. So value proposition up front. And awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, Crystal, what is a success quote that inspires you? Oh, gosh, you know, I <laughs> I should have gone on my Instagram to pull something. Um, I post <laughs> a lot of things on my uh, <laughs> on my Instagram. Um, off the top of my head, let's see. I think it would have to be um, without knowledge, without implementation is useless. Because I think so many of us, you know, especially as we're trying to build a business, we feel like we've got to you know, learn all the things, do all the things. Um, But if you're not taking time to actually implement what you're learning, like ready, fire, aim, do the website, print the cards, whatever it is, you know, launch your business, then it's not really going to matter because all that knowledge is going to be in your head doing nothing for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your insights and your stories with the Dearest Doula community. Um, Before we wrap up for today, I'd love to have you end with a parting piece of guidance, a little bit more about your business and the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, my. Well, um, I really think that... um, Yeah, I mean, my business is called Rethink Birth, and I really think that um, deep down, that's what it's all about, is you are continually rethinking, re-feeling, re-evaluating who you are and where you're going in relation to your business, because I don't think there's ever something like you've arrived. You've you've never arrived. Even people who are making, you know, six figures or whatever, they're they're not there. They're still evolving. So... You know, no matter where you, it, no matter if you're start, you feel like you're starting really, 
you know, you're new, you only have two reviews, that's two more reviews than none. Um, give yourself some credit. Um, and uh, as, Leonie, as Leonie Dawson would say, don't hide your brownies. Like, <laughs> tell people what you do because, yeah, <laughs> otherwise nobody will be able to connect with you. Exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, so my website is rethinkbirth.com. And um, I do have some digital uh, goodies, both free and paid. Um, I actually have a special for all of you listening. Um, I have this awesome thing called the Pregnancy Art Journal. And um, it's a 123-page PDF. It takes moms through a lot of, like, emotional processing, belief work. And it also can be used as just, like, a keepsake to write things down of, like, how I was feeling when. Um, I've gotten really great feedback about it. And I would love to just get it in the hands of more people. So right now it is on sale for $9.97. You can go to my website and buy it. And it will be in your inbox this afternoon. So there is that. Um, I also have a birth plan kit that I can, it's just for free. <laughs> and um, yeah. And if you want to follow me on Facebook at RethinkBirth.com or on Instagram at Birth Awakening, um, I post a lot more on Instagram about my permaculture and things like vegetables and chickens and all my other random hobbies. So if you want to really get to know me uh, more personally, Instagram is probably the way to go. But <laughs> I would love to connect with more people. I always love meeting new birth workers. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Crystal. The Dearest Stula community is going to be able to find links to everything of value that you mentioned on today's show by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking the podcast button, and finding this episode in the show notes page, or by simply typing episode 98 or Crystal Tramel, which is spelled K-R-Y-S-T-A-L, and Tramel is T-R-A-M-M-E-L-L. If you type that in the search bar, you'll also have this episode show notes page pop right up. So thank you again for coming on. We're just so excited to get to listen into your stories and your insights and especially your bits of wisdom and information on the homeschooling aspect of being a birth worker. Um, and the Dearest Doula community sends you a big warm hug and thanks to your interview. We're all now one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. Have a great day. Fantastic. You too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.